Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined by Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Guys, it's Super Bowl Sunday. We're recording this at 4 p.m. Kickoffs in two and a half hours. Corey, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, I just got back from uh, my mom's house. They live like three streets away. So I fucking walked it uh, over there. Uh, I think I see my stepdad. It's his birthday. And, uh, dude, his kids got him something so fucking cool. It's the reason why we're 30 minutes behind on the recording time. I haven't told you, so I just kind of kept it on here. Uh, my stepdad has been a Green Bay fan, like, since he was a child. Um, and what's cool about Green Bay is that the team is owned by the city. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone who lives in it can buy a share into the team. There's many shares that you want, as much as you can afford. Um, and my stepbrother – and sister were able to they only do this like once every like eight to ten years where they make the shares open again so for people to buy for fans to buy and stuff and they were able to buy my stepdad a share into the green bay packers organization that's and he started i've never seen this dude cry ever in my life and he started bawling i was like what the fuck did y'all get him because i couldn't see anything you know he's like looking at it like behind an envelope and it comes in like this this little folder and it says like the uh the legacy begins with you or something like that on the outside with the green bay logo and then on the inside it's a it's a letter from um uh, I don't know enough about Green Bay to know who that person was, but uh, it's a letter from someone high up in the organization uh, telling you, thank you, you know, for, for continuing a legacy of, of being the only team in the NFL owned by its, you know, its city and its fans. And, um, and then next to it on the other side is like a certificate saying, you know, it's got your name on it. It's got how many shares you own of the team and, 
you know, all the documented proof of it so he can frame it. And, uh, dude, I thought that that's was the coolest sick. fucking thing in the world. And I was like, damn, that's sick. It's so much cooler than the fucking uh, carton of cigarettes I bought him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually, one of my buddies, it's funny you mentioned that, like, when he he's a big God, Packers fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, you say that, like, I remember years ago, so maybe it was within the last eight to ten years, his dad, when he was a kid, bought him a share in the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. That's 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 pretty cool though. Right. Um, yeah, because his son bought him tickets to go to see Green Bay because Frank always wanted to see the Packers at Packer Stadium, all that shit. Um, and he took him to like uh a late season game. So it was like, it was snowing. This was, this was like a couple of years ago, you know, but I mean, it was like, I think it was like negative six. Um, and it was snowing out there. And cause Frank, Frank was like, yeah, I just want to go to the game. And his son was like, no, I want, I want it to be as authentic as it can be, you know, for the way that you envision seeing green Bay. So he took them there in like the winter games. <laughs> um, they say, he said he fucking loved it, you know, and they took it, because apparently they took a tour because it's, you know, it, it's a very dedicated franchise and shit like that. Um, and on the tour, they were talking about how, you know, uh, the city's people or the town's people own the team. And, you know, um, I guess Nick remembered that and has been researching it for years until it was able to be like they open it up for avail- availability again. And they do that when they do um, – it's basically like a ticket drive almost when they want to upgrade the stadium or stuff like that, they open up the shares hotline again, and you basically buy your share. And what your share does is help the green Bay Packers organization upgrade, you know, equipment, either stadium or, you know, what, what have you. Um, and they opened it back up, probably opened it up this time to, uh, <laughs> to get more cap room to try to make sure that, what's his name doesn't fucking get ever get a chance to leave uh Aaron Rodgers <laughs> Rodgers <laughs> um but no dude I thought it was so sick uh I'm glad I stayed the extra couple of minutes cuz I was I was telling my my stepbrother I was leaving he's like no you can't leave yet you got to check this out and uh, I'm glad I did that was so fucking cool um but no dude I'm having a I'm having a good day I'm drinking a very disgusting Michelob Ultra organic seltzer peach pear uh, that has zero sugar, 80 horrible. calories, and zero zero carbs. Um, and it's horrible. It's horrible. And I know it was going to be horrible because my company doesn't give us anything that tastes good for free. <laughs> so um, I knew what I was getting into, and I'm going to continue to drink this. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> funny. It's, it's a weird little... Uh what do you want to call it, tidbit of information? Uh, Green Bay is the smallest uh, market in all any of the big four. Really? Yeah, random fact. Crazy, because it's like one of the most dedicated fan fan bases. But I remember, because I remember wondering, like, if you actually look at the team, Green Bay is like the only – I would not have no idea what Green Bay is if it wasn't for the Packers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, remember, I looked it up, I don't know, like a year or so ago. It's the smallest market in any of the big four, including like Calgary, 
Winnipeg, like any Canadian um, hockey team, it, it's still the smallest. Wow. It's like 140,000 people live in Green Bay. That's like, it, it's weird that we just keep knocking out this Green Bay shit, but my stepdad told me too. This is a cool fact that the townspeople, you before game days when it's snowing and shit, you can come in the day before and you can get paid to clear the seats of like snow and the stairs and shit. And they pay you. Um, and they used to pay you in checks. But what was happening is, is people all over the fucking, you know, the fans of Green Bay that would come and do that, they wouldn't cash the fucking checks. They would frame them, which caused a fucking problem with the banking system for Green Bay. Oh so they can no longer, yeah, because it was just like, okay, we're waiting for all these checks to be cashed. You know, we probably, my, my stepdad said it was, you know, like 60, you know, 60 to a hundred dollars probably, you know, to, to do that. Um, but they make all these fucking, you know, these checks out and then yeah, they never get fucking, they never get processed. <laughs> so there's a permanent hold on that. Exactly. So, so I guess now they do cash because my stepdad, uh, my stepdad wanted to do it because he wanted to do the same thing and have something, you know, that's like green Bay on it, like a check to him. Um, but they had to stop doing it because <laughs> it was they, it was basically holding up their money that would never get used, you know. So that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, we can move on from Green Bay. Or I really didn't want this to be a Green Bay episode, but it, it will turn into one if we don't if we don't find a way out of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, the Habs played two games this weekend: one on Saturday, one on uh, today, Super Bowl Sunday. Both. Afternoon games, both losses, but both well-fought defeats. Like, they they were not embarrassing. They Mm -hmm. were good losses, and Montreal was in the game for both of them. Unfortunately, um, as fate would have it, uh, hard to blame one player, but Jeff Petrie uh, kind of blew both, if I'm being honest with you. Sam Montembeau had a phenomenal game against Columbus. It was a what did it end up being a two-one defeat. A two-one defeat, yes. Yeah, and he made like uh I tell you right now, he, he had 37 of stop 37 of 38. Yeah, a phenomenal. Oh, that's even strength. I'm sorry. So that's it's 40 of 42. Sorry about that. Yeah. Had a fucking amazing game uh you could see the look on his face when the hat was lost it was not not a nice one uh you know understandably so he's playing injured and the game was blown jeff petrie took kind of a a shitty penalty to kind of ice the game and in this buffalo game petrie got absolutely <laughs> walked it was 3-3 10 minutes left in the third and jeff skinner well, Jeff Petrie was walked previously in the game for a goal, but Petrie took a penalty and they scored. It was not a good look. And, you know, we were talking before this. It just seems like every time I try to defend Jeff Petrie, he uh, goes out and makes me look like a fool. <laughs> so it's getting really difficult because I, I don't think that this is Jeff Petrie. I think this is still, I still believe that this is an outlier season. And until it's replicated, I'm going to believe that our Jeff Norris Petrie could return. But every day I, I lose a little more faith in that with performances like these. And 
in front of a new management and a new coach, you wonder if something's going to give here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, we kind of, we kind of went a little fast on the previous game. I'd like to get back to it in a second. Um, oh yeah, we will. We will. But yeah, no, um, I'm going to defend Jeff Petrie. I mean, I, I was going to say until he leaves, but it looks like he is going to be leaving. I like him as a player. Um, I think, you know, we, and we, briefly touched on i think something happened with previous management um that has really shifted his mindset to not wanting to be here um because i don't think i don't think it's coming from like a cockiness like 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 a matthew shane like i don't want to be here so i'm going to be shitty as fuck until i get moved um i just think that something happened that rubbed him the wrong way and then they put him in this you know, put him in the spotlight this season, which is, you know, if you look at, if you go listen to an episode in the beginning, I was excited for it, but I had my doubts because of he's such of uh, an in his head type of player that, you know, that could easily throw his game off. I still think it's because of that, that that's that what we see Jeff Petrie as this season is, is that it was just a season that started off very uncomfortable for him taking the reins of something that he probably didn't want to do not because he he wasn't honored to do it but maybe it just it's not in his wheelhouse and it might have affected his game um it's a shit season as it is and then to be the one to kind of take the take the brunt of it you know like like Shea Weber would do um it's just something maybe he's not interested in it, it you know it, it might just be a mental thing for him um but I, I think I don't know, man. Like, I know the play's been bad. He just doesn't seem like he's in it right now. Like, something's going on. It could be an injury. It could be just all mental. Um, But I don't think this is a continuation of Jeff Petrie. I don't think this is the Jeff Petrie we see next year, uh, the year after that. If he goes to another team, how he plays there. I don't think this is his game. I think he needs to refine it. But I think there's something going on mentally. Um, that's just blocking him from from getting getting back into what we saw last year. Because I don't think last year was a fluke. I don't think the last couple of years was a fluke. He was making so much, like, just great progress. And I think that came with have, being in the shadow of someone else, not having to take the, the lead responsibilities. And I think it's just a little – might be a little bit too much for him. And that doesn't make him a lesser person, you know. He – I suffer from mental shit and I know that sometimes I want to be in the front and sometimes I just want to be in the back being part of the team, you know, and maybe that's where he's at right now. But um, I understand where you're coming from. You try to defend him, and then he does something like gets walked or causes the game to not go our way again. And then Twitter just fucking eats him alive. What's his, what's his nickname right now? Tank commander. (laughs) Well, you know what? Uh, He's helping us achieve what, ultimately this season is giving us so i can't be upset with him yeah i just i don't to go back to your point i don't think it has anything to do with being the number one guy to be honest because in shea weber and petrie's shared tenure with the canadians there were multiple um times where weber would go down and not not five six games like 20 25, 40 games at a time. Weber missed an entire seat, like half the season one year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, Petrie stepped the fuck up. 
always. And last season, Weber missed some time, but he also was not being utilized. It's like Petrie's playing more minutes than him. And granted, I'm sure it plays a little bit into it because Petrie's getting deployed and maybe some minutes that he's not maybe suited for. But uh, I think for the most part, Ben Sherratt and David Savard have played the harder minutes on the Habs this year. And I'm sure there's data that we could find to prove that, but I'd be willing to put, I'd willing to be willing to bet that Sherratt has been playing the number one minutes on the team this year. Like I think Sherratt's like it or not. And I don't like that it's happened, but Sherratt's been our number one defenseman this year. That's how he's been utilized. So I think I, I think if it was that simple, I wish it were that simple, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But I think this stems from something deeper. Like, it's deeper rooted than that. Because even when Petrie's played lower in the lineup, played less minutes, he still struggled. And it's not – it's not just defensively. It's It's – like he's gotten, you know, oh, he's being exposed a little more. So, you know, guys like McDavid are taking advantage of him. Like fucking Tage Thompson and like, I don't know, like random fourth liners are deking him out of his fucking jock strap now. It's like a total breakdown of his entire game has just unfolded in a matter of months. So I, I really like don't have remotely close to an answer or a hypothesis as to what's going on with Jeff Petrie. But I don't, I just, I struggle to think that it could be his role because I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, just, no. And yeah, what I was, what I was trying to convey was not, was not his on ice role. I feel like outside of the game, um, like in the locker room type of thing. Like I, I don't, I don't, yeah, he's, he definitely wasn't playing the minutes. Uh, like someone like Sherratt was. Um, but I think just as an organization, they're treating him as like that person to lean on for the defense. Um, <clears throat> and probably just the team in general right now. Uh, that's where I think it's stemming from. I don't think his on-ice play is – if it was just his on-ice play, I, I would say it would be like a fucking an, – an injury or, or a, you know, a bit of mental – but I think that just the team itself is putting a weight on him that he's not used to. Like, yeah, if, if Weber went down, it was Sherratt and it was Petrie to hold it together until they got back. But I feel with Weber gone, you know, maybe that they're leaning on Petrie to be that person in the room, in the media. Well, you know, and I know that sounds crazy because he's not he's not like the most he's not doing the, you know, the most media shit, but I just mean like, I think as an organization, they were pushing him to be something he's not, and it's affecting him into his game. It's not necessarily the role they're giving him on, on the ice. It's the role they've given him on the team itself, I guess is what I was trying to convey. I don't know. Yeah. might be, might be, might be some stupid Southern shit talking, but I don't know. No, I see what you're saying. I think like the whole situation is just baffling. <laughs> I don't think, I think, and we've heard interest rumors that there's a lot of trade interest in Jeff Petrie, uh, Dallas namely being 
one of the mm-hmm. big contenders. And I think that's because I'm sure there are some teams that want nothing to do with him. And there are teams that wants, they want him desperately because I don't think there's a consensus among any, any group of people, whether that be fans, players, coaches, management. I don't think anyone knows what's going on with Jeff Petrie other than Jeff Petrie. Mm-hmm. And maybe he doesn't even know. Right. So it's, it's a difficult situation to kind of wrap your head around. And I'm hopeful that maybe Marty St. Louis will be able to keep in mind. Marty St. Louis had one practice. They played three games, right? So he's going to need some time to work with the team and kind of get a new system and, or as he would call it, a, um, and I, what, what was he called a concept into mm-hmm. to the team's mind, but mm-hmm. Well, we did mention Ben Chirot, so for some of our listeners you may have heard, Ben Chirot was put on IR, and obviously that is terrifying because, as Elliot Friedman and Eric Engels reported, there are at least 12 teams interested in Ben Chirot right now, and we need to, to get something from him because we cannot, if, as we've said since the start of this season, if we don't get a return for Ben Chirot, it will be an absolute disaster. Um, fortunately though, he's on IR for only a week. They've said that they're being very precautionary. Um, they do not want to lose him for that reason long-term. So it's just a precaution. They're being safe. Eric Engels went on and said, listen, if it was a playoff game, Ben Shroud would be playing. So that is fucking amazing news. That might be the best news of the season. Uh, apparently the price for Sherratt right now is at least what teams are expecting to give up for him is at the very least a first round pick. So that is absolutely great news. Yeah. (laughs) Music to our ears, man. Um, Wishing Ben Sherratt the best in recovery. Secondly, on the trade front news, uh, there's two teams reportedly very interested in Tyler Toffoli. And that is Calgary. Daryl Sutter, that former LA connection Mm -hmm. and the actual team LA, the LA Kings are reportedly interested in Tyler Toffoli. They need some goal scoring. And, you know, I think that's an interesting idea. And I just kind of wonder what are, what are your thoughts on trading Tyler Toffoli at the trade deadline? Dude, it's a little buck nutty, but excuse me. If we're going to move Tyler to Foley, I almost feel like you can get an uns- an insane deal with L.A. because L.A. has been one of the hottest teams about the uh, ar- surrounding the rumors of the Sherratt, uh, you know, trades. Um, I feel like they would they would have, you know, you'd be getting a first. And, you know, possibly two really solid players. Uh, if you were to move both of them, I mean, LA, I mean, I've seen one where they were talking about even Brendan Gallagher. Um, but I don't think Brendan Gallagher's moved. I don't think, yeah, I think that's, he's kind of solidified his role here. Um, I just don't think think anyone's taking that contract either. Exactly. Um, I'm kind of upset. I think Tala Toffoli fucking uh, everyone fell in love with him last year. Um, I'd hate to see him go, but then again, it's a fucking business. And if someone's willing to drop some serious heat for Tyler Foley, um, it's a pretty beautiful contract as it is. 
my my fear is that we move it and we sign someone, you know, like Atala Toffoli. If we're not if we're signing him for more money, I think it's a wash. Um, just because we, I just don't, you know, I don't fucking know. Uh, I, I don't. I think... kind of enjoyed Tala Toffoli. I didn't want to see him leave. He really loves to play here. His family seems to really love it here. Um, I think Tyler Toffoli is a guy you have to keep on your roster. Uh, not just because of like what you said, but also that he's got a multi-year deal. Three three years left on his deal. So if you're not going to trade him this year, you can trade him next year at the deadline. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's a rush to move Tyler Toffoli. I mean, we just talked about possible, you know, captaincy with him just a couple, you know, maybe a month ago. Um, he's a very likable player and he has a great worth ethic and uh, he just, well, and ahead, what you, no. And just what you said about him buying into the Montreal community, you can't, I see people on Twitter saying we need to trade all of our veterans. You can't do that. Look what happened to Buffalo. Yeah. You need veteran guys. And Tyler Toffoli is a guy that commands respect in that hockey room. I'm not there. Or say that locker room, my bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not there, but you can tell. <laughs> like, you can tell by the way he carries himself, the way the players talk about him, his interactions. Him and his wife have, or I think they're married, girlfriend, wife. Yeah, yeah. I, I, she's a Toffoli. Okay, yeah. His wife, they, they've bought in to Montreal. They love the community. Uh, he clearly likes playing there. And he's a great fucking player. He's our best. I, I, I would not be i think out of this realm of craziness to say that he's our best player tyler Toffoli is quietly well he was last year and yeah he's quietly putting up a very good statistical like not it's, it's, it's not groundbreaking year. but for what it is for this season yeah he's he's got 26 points in 37 games yeah he's not like that's not horrible at all nine goals is cause for concern but also consider like just how much of a disaster this season has been and i don't think Tafoli's done horribly at all like he's on pace for 57 points or 58 points this season which would be a tie his career high in a season we've got eight wins (laughs) exactly now it's not nowhere near the pace he was at last season but it's still pretty darn good and i don't know i think tyler Toffoli is a guy you keep around he's 29 years old you know i think in three years what he'll be 32 i think he's a guy that you can keep on this team and he'll still be able like if obviously if someone's offering you a package that is i'm not that is, yeah I'm, if it's yeah. if they if someone is willing to pay way above price jeff gordon's gonna take it you have to yeah yeah we're not silly you know we're not silly i don't think that the, this new group in here is, is silly um you you got to you know like like say someone like calgary like like if sutter is so goddamn you know set on having to foley that he breaks us off like I don't know, uh, the struggling Kachuk brother and, you know, like a second round pick. I think that's a you, fuck. Maybe even a third. I think you have to, you have to go on that. 
you know? Um, it, really, it's what it's what they're willing to move decides the fate of Tyler Toffoli. But as far as if it's just some bullshit, if it's just a couple of glue guys, you don't move him at all. I, he's, you know, I, <laughs> for a better term, he's earned his keep. You know, uh, he's got three years left. He's only making, what, 5-5? Five, five? No, he's making 4.25. Oh, Jesus, that's so fucking good. Yeah, th- th- there's no rush. There's really no rush. And look how, like, you made a good point about, you know, how well he's doing despite, you know, our eight wins. I mean, imagine if we had another good season like we did last year. This is a great fucking guy who was able to find his, find his strength in L.A. when they were stacked under Sutter was able to find his way when he got moved to Vancouver, when they were shit and helped them make a run for it. Then he comes to us and has another phenomenal year. I don't see this kid. He's not a fucking kid, but I don't see this guy, you know, being a wash up. If anything, wherever he goes, he makes a team better. Why would we try to take away from the little bit of positives we have in our dynamic right now? um, If it's not for like something major. So I don't think Tyler Toffoli is the right, the right person, I guess you could say. No, I agree. And Tyler Toffoli is shooting at 2% below his career average this year after firing at an insane 17.7% last year. So he's dipped a little below. The regression was obvious. It was going to happen, but not like this in terms mm-hmm. of his shooting percentage. That's going to come back, whether that be this year or next year. And he's found a playmaking touch. I think Toffoli's a guy, if you have to pick, keep your, you have to keep some of your veterans. And I think Toffoli is just the most reasonable on this team. Like the guy that you should keep, I think it makes sense. Um, but like I said, no one's untouchable on this roster other than Nick Suzuki and Caulfield. But I think realistically, if a team offers you something insane, some a, a win now team realistically offers you, I think there are very few teams in the league that could do it, but a team offers you a can't miss prospect who's going to turn out better than Suzuki because they're making a cup run. You even take that. I think there are one or two teams in the league that can do that, but you get my point. No one on this team should be untouchable. But I also don't think you need to ship everyone off of this team. You know, you can't just have a a, a, a bunch of young kids figuring it out together. There, need, there needs to be a couple of guys that have done it, you know, that have gone a distance um, that are still very impactful. I mean, he's still pretty young. He just – he's not even 30 yet. He's going to thir- turn 30, like, I think next month. He's still got a lot of hockey left on him. And this is – peak Tyler Toffoli this is prime era I mean we've played 48 games he was injured well yeah he's only played 36 games and fuck dude he's still like the best guy on our fucking team right now you know despite you know any anybody can really make a grab for that but he's the most he's got to be close closest to the most consistent at least um yeah and uh Toffoli Habs Twitter came out. Funny little video asking uh, the players who they thought was going to win the Super Bowl today. Um, Toffoli came out and said the Rams, LA guy, obviously. But mm-hmm. funny little uh, 
at the very end of the video, Romanov comes out and he go they he's like, What? And he's like, you know, who who do you think is gonna win? He goes, I'm Russian, I don't follow the <laughs> pretty, pretty funny interaction. And then that's awesome. Right, right after, I think it was um Kulak. Yes, Kulak. Kulak says, uh, I'll go with Galley, the Bengals. Then he goes, Oh, there he is, and Gallagher is hopping out of a car, decked out in Joe Burrow gear. <laughs> and he goes, you already know. You already know. <laughs> Some Hell pretty yeah. funny <laughs> funny video from the Havis Twitter account. Um, you can tell who uh, Gallagher is placing his bets on. But if you guys want to place some bets on some basketball, we have a DraftKings message for you. Absolutely. Fans, hoops fans at that. The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big game day payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So just remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA must be 21 or older location requirements vary for jurisdictions for that. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state specific responsible gambling resources. You void where prohibited minimum $5 deposit gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee call or text the TN red line. That's 1-800-889-9789. Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. And in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. Damn, she fine. Mason, do you know what that means? What does that mean, Corey? <laughs> it's an old song, man. Uh, Ying Yang Twins. Uh, it was literally if you if you hear that if you hear three six nine in the south and someone doesn't follow it by that, they're probably your age. Uh, <laughs> I was in middle school when that shit came out, and uh, I know how like they try to say like you know the music today, like the like when uh, when WAP came out, how they were like, oh, it's so fucking vulgar, and it was just like, ah, oh, well, you know. Uh, fucking the song I'm talking about came out, and I was in the sixth grade, and uh, it's just as bad. Get low, uh, great song, great, great, <laughs> great party song. It was at every party for every fucking eleven to thirteen year old kid that year. Um, uh, you mean like Get Low by like Lil John? Lil John and and uh, oh, and I know the, that song. Lil John, the East Side Boys. I think Ying Yang Twins on it. Might have just showed my age and then fucked it up. I just um, have no idea what the yin yang. If you had to said little John, I would have little John East Side Boys, uh, and then the Yin Yang Twins, baby. Yin Yang, they're all good. They're all like fantastic. Uh, rap music came out in that era. That early era, two thousand was 
authentically amazing for South, for the South. No, I, you had me confused. That I, I thought I knew what you were talking about. Then you said yin yang boys. And I was like, yin-yang what twins. the fuck? Yin yang twins. My bad. Um, no, I'm not that young, though. I do know. I do know that song, Get Low. <laughs> yeah. But... Little John and the East Side boys. East Side boys used to, uh, they used to sport fucking, uh, they would drink out of five gallon gas gasoline containers. They'd fill them up with like liquor and shit. It was fucking awesome. Uh, it also is probably one of the reasons why they have the, you can't freely pour gasoline out of a container anymore. You got to hit like a button to like easy, easy flow or whatever it is. Uh, anyway, I'm just showing my fucking age. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, talk about showing your age a little bit. Someone who is not showing his age at all this past week, Sean White competing in his fifth Olympics at the age of 35 finished fourth in the men's half pipe in his last Olympics ever. Wow. I literally thought he wasn't going to, I thought he was done. Um, I didn't even know he was going to be competing this year. Um, I kind of forgot all about Sean White until he went viral again on like a TikTok about people talking about him. And he was like, no, I'm still alive. And I was like, Oh fuck. I completely forgot this dude existed. He had his own video game and shit. We were, me and my buddy were talking about his video game the, the other day. Oh my God. That was the greatest fucking game. <laughs> I'm not kidding. If someone remade that game, I would have so much fun with that. That game was amazing. They don't make games like that anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, pretty incredible that he is finished like fourth in the world at the age of 35. It's just, insane but i don't know how much of the olympics have you watched uh this year i haven't really been able to i haven't watched fucking anything and it's so unfortunate and it's honestly if i was still living in the double next to my my mom uh and that shotgun double i'd probably be watching it because they just it was cheaper for them to get a bundle so i had like cable but now that i don't now i got my own house I'm not paying for cable, so I can't see fucking any of it. Um, so it's it's been it's been a little unfortunate. Um, it's like moments like this where I really wish I could like watch it without fucking paying for it, and I I, I really don't want to go sit at a bar um, because for some reason, even though you can't smoke in bars, my lovely town is just so so in love with breaking the fucking rules like a bunch of rebels that they just, you know, the balls just stink like fucking cigarettes and shit. And then, and then the vape kids, I, I, it's bad on my fucking lungs. Um, so I try, I try to not go to shit like that, but I, I've been keeping up with it um, a little bit on my phone, but it's not the same, you know, it, it's really not. And I'm, I'm kind of upset about it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Because there's one thing that I really wanted to see and I didn't get a chance to, but I'm so excited to bring it up right now. It's been 12 years, (laughs) but the U.S. beat Canada in fucking ice hockey. And it was for the people who got to watch, I'm sure it was just a remarkable moment. Um, And I know you've probably thought I'd forget about it, but I didn't. (laughs) 
people are comparing it to the miracle on ice <laughs> there's no way people are comparing <laughs> oh shit no if uh, the miracle on ice team was playing a bunch of fucking 35 year old 40 <laughs> year old eric stall eric stall is finding a way to make it happen no actually uh if you want to know who said that, CNN, whoever wrote this article, put conjuring comparisons to the Miracle on Ice team of 1980. The 4-2 victory at Beijing National Indoor Stadium, the U.S. second of the competition after beating China earlier this week, was an unlikely result given the youthful makeup of the American roster, which includes 15 college kids. Yay! <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, you know, the U.S. has got to make it turn it turn it into like the, the biggest patriotic fucking thing they can think of. Um, oh, oh, I know. But I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure we're probably let's be honest. We'll probably see a Canadian American final. Oh, if we get that, I have I have to go watch it. There's no. Um, also, I think this game played at seven in the morning. Oh, oh I, I, that I, that's why I haven't been able to watch anything. <laughs> I haven't watched a single event. It's, been, I it's just, been so unfortunate. Even though I've been staying up till like six in the morning every night, I have not watched any Olympics. But uh, on the subject of the Olympics, uh, did you see saw an interesting stat? Uh, Canada beat China five nothing, the men's team. Uh huh. Um, found out because. No, I figured China was going to do this where they have a bunch. I figured they were going to just have a bunch of like some North American players, you know, like who were like had ties. Mm-hmm. China has 25 players, 18 were born in North America, 11 are Canadian. And one of the uh, one of the seven that wasn't born in uh, North America is Russian. Nice insane because i was watching i was watching the highlights and like they were like uh who fuck what was the name there's yeah jake chelios was on was on the blue line for the americans and i was like what the fuck and it's chris chelios's son he has no connection no chinese heritage but he uh (laughs) He plays in China, so I don't know how he's playing. For it, it really threw me off. I was like, "What the fuck is happening here?" But yeah, interesting. We got to start somewhere, you know. I'm sure. I'm sure that even even though China's getting beat pretty tough, I'm sure there's a lot of kids that are watching it that want to be, you know, the the first couple of couple of young guys to actually suit up for the team and not have, you know, as many stand-ins. And, you know, it, it, it's it's funny, it's goofy, but I'm sure that there's a moral lesson in there for, like, some of the kids being brought up in China that, you know, want to wanna be part of this, you know, the, the kids that are different or, or, or what have you, you know, that maybe not found the sport that's for them. This might awaken that for them and i fucking love that i love that for them yeah hopefully it grows the game it's just hilarious when <laughs> canada's yeah. like the you know the goalie's name is Corey. what the chinese goalie's name is jeremy smith as a the, hey man the most white middle class name on the planet it's like uh it's like on letter county when uh 
when Jonesy, Riley, and fucking uh, Jesus, what uh, uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Shorzy, all get on the the Native American team because you know one of them's like point zero one percent uh Native American, but then you find out that they all just spit in the same cup, and then Shorzy banged the girl that did um the results to to sign that they were had Native American heritage so they could play on the team to win the you know their cup or whatever. So I'm sure I'm sure someone on that team is point zero zero you know eight percent um and is holding it down. You know so good for, good for them. Good for this. <laughs> okay, well, I don't – we're kind of going off the rails here. Do we have any other – I got one more thing. Give me one yeah. second. Hold on. Let me get a sip of water. A lot of passion talking about U.S. I got a little cotton mouth. Um, so, Yoel Armia uh, scores – he gets his first of the season um, in today's game or yesterday's game when you guys are listening to this. Uh, and, it, and it's a – it's from a, a between the legs pass by Ryan Paling, and Ryan Paling was the assist guy on both yesterday's game and the day before with Caulfield's game tying goal. Um, I, I just wanted to take a moment to you know to bring up Ryan Paling. We saw him, you know, he gets scratched the other day for for what's his name, the guy that shouldn't be playing anymore. Um, Anyway, Ryan Paling just continues to be fucking like the playmaker for this team right now. Um, and I love to see it. I love, you know, Cole Caulfield scores the night that Martin St. Louis, you know, is is the, his first game behind the bench. Uh, and then Joel, Joel Armia gets it, you know, finally like, you know, gets the monkey off his back. Um, but both beautiful passes, both great setups. Um, just wanted to bring that up. Also, uh, Andrew Hammond. I figured we can close out talking about a little, little Hamburglar talk. Um, I forgot this dude even fucking existed. Uh, honestly, after his, I think it was 20, 2016 for Ottawa when they went, fuck, I think he, I think that was the year when they went all the way to the, um, the semis. And, um, anyway, we, who we gave up, um, Baddock, we traded Baddock, to Minnesota for Andrew Hammond. And, you know, a lot of people on Twitter were saying, you know, it just shows how badly we need a fucking goalie right now. But uh, Sunday, uh, the Montreal Canadiens sent down uh, Caden Primo to bring up Hammond, um, probably to help out Montembeau a little bit more with him being, you know, slightly injured. Um, I wanted to know your takes on Andrew Hammond. Do you think he's still got a a little bit left in him? No. No, you think it's just a – I don't think the Hamburglers had anything left in him for, I don't know, since he was in Ottawa how many years ago? <laughs> like, like, Andrew Hammond sucks. Okay? Six. Yeah. Six Andrew years. Hammond was playing for Iowa. Like, he hasn't played in the NHL this year. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played in the NHL – Andrew Hammond hasn't played in the NHL since 2017-2018. I think it was Colorado, huh? Something. Yeah, it was one game. Like, the Hamburglar is not in any – granted, he hasn't really gotten a lot of chances, a lot of opportunities. But that's because he hasn't been good in the AHL either. Um, I, I just think this is sheltering Primo. Like, if someone's going to 
get shit on, it might as well be a 34-year-old veteran goalie who can take it and who's expecting it, as opposed to our prospect who's, you know, confidence is getting shattered. That's all this is. Like right. the no, hamburgers. That, that's, yeah. I like your honesty. Uh, I don't know, man. There's, there's a there's a fucking bit inside of me that thinks that <clears throat> that Cat Hughes and them think that there's maybe just a little if he just gets another chance, he might have some. I don't think it's enough Why would you... to, to have <laughs> an amazing year, but I think there's a little something in the tank for him. Why would you want that? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Uh, he was just such a good story back in the day, dude. It was fucking one season. It was tremendous. Dude, he won one like 24 – or like it was like 11, twenty-one of his like, twenty like games, 20, twenty-six yeah, games, something ridiculous. Yeah, they got him, and and that's what pushed them all the way to the fucking playoffs and beyond. Yeah, and then what happened? Well, they lost Eric Carlson. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think, know. I think they, I, 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 I don't think, think I don't think to Pittsburgh when from, when um, you're when you're getting traded one for one for Brandon Baddock, I don't think <laughs> anything special should be expected. Well, well, damn, Mason. Fuck. I was gonna. I was getting excited to pull out the uh, the Pulp Fiction reference, but you've shit <laughs> on him so fucking hard. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, gu- I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that. Yeah. Sorry. I, I have no faith that Andrew Hammond is gonna turn anything around. Uh, other one final thing. Uh, Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon traveled to Kingston last night to watch uh, the Kingston Frontenacs against uh, Mississauga Steelheads, and uh, Shane Wright got four points. <laughs> so good first impression <laughs> for the kid. But yeah. I was about to say, any uh, significant players on said teams? <laughs> uh, no, none, none that I could think of. No reason why they'd be down there. Yeah. If you can't tell the Habs' intentions from that, then <laughs> – Oh, yeah. Well, you no, know what? That... They got their eyes in the right place. So, certainly, Good for them. that's that's a lot more. Uh, that's a that's a lot more settling than the pick we made last year. That was just kind of out of left field. Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, I'm cool with rolling. Um, we're getting close to game time. I've got my second barbecue. I got to go to. Um, it's unfortunate because both of those barbecues were supposed to be crawfish boils. It was nice and cold this morning, and there's nothing better than having a crawfish boil when it's cold outside because it just makes you eat more of that spicy-ass crawfish. Um, and we got fucked. We got fucked out of both of them. Now I got to go have fucking some grilled fucking meat again, which it's not – I know I'm sounding stupid, but I don't want the fucking, you know, the acid indigestion or the fucking heartburn tomorrow. When I could have just been, you know, having like hot snake shits and, and feeling better about myself that I had fucking crawfish. Uh, but instead, I'm going to go eat fucking hot dogs and, and sausage again for like the fucking second time today. But yeah, all I've is been, well. I've all is well. Sus- Free food. I've been sustaining myself off of residence chicken fingers and Yay! fries for the last two weeks now. So on behalf of college students everywhere, I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> Man, you better go make friends with like a barbecue place, man. I don't know what to tell you. Y'all, do y'all do barbecue out there? I know our buddy uh, 
Jason Bent does. He sent me some sick pictures back in back in the day, showing me some some uh, smoked meats and shit. Uh, I don't think we do barbecue the way you do barbecue. Well, we we're not a we're not very well known for our barbecue. The South is not Louisiana. Oh. Yeah, but <laughs> I I I think we'll, I think Louisiana's probably got some better barbecues than Southern Ontario. And you know, look, look, I'll end it on this. This is how I know I fucked myself last night. Uh, anyway, you guys are hearing this on Monday. Hopefully, you've done something smart and taken your significant other out on a date on the town, on the tizzy, or whatever the fuck you can do to make him or her, or they, or them feel special. And if you're single, I lived that life for fucking 22 years, dude. Or chick, have a fucking great day. Uh, but just do something sweet for yourself because treat yourself nice. It's always good. Uh, but yeah, yesterday, so I took my wife out to eat. I spent so much fucking money. Uh, I almost got hit by a derelict car. We'll talk about that on the next episode because I completely forgot about it. But I just about shit myself before I got out the car. Um, but I had fucking fish yesterday because I was so excited about having seafood today that I fucked myself. There was a 50% chance, a one in two shot that I was going to get crawfish today. And it's not happening. And it's probably because I, I got the fucking fish instead of buying a steak. If I would have bought the steak, I wouldn't have had any type of fucking grilled meats today. So uh, that's it for me. Yeah, that. Sorry, I thought that was, I thought that was it. Um, oh, yeah, you, you want me to do the outro? I, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got nothing. I've got nothing else to add to that. Cool. Are we doing? Who's doing the outro? You want the outro? You want me to do the outro? This is the most fucked outro to any episode <laughs> ever. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been a professional episode of Corey and I. Thanks, uh, stop by. See ya. This has been Half Style. You guys have a great night. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.